Hi, this is Felix Chimeranyika, lead pastor of Kairos Christian Center in Lelonga, Malawi. I am happy that you have joined us for the Kairos Lelonga podcast, and I believe God is going to inspire you and break you through into your kingdom destiny as you hear the word unpacked. This is your Kairos moment, God's appointed season for your kingdom breakthrough. Psalm 95, hear the word of the Lord. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise the rock of our salvation. Let us come into His presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to Him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are His also. The sea is His, for He made it, and His hands from the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For 40 years, I loathed that generation and said, There are people who go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Therefore, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. All men, like, all men are like grass, and their glory like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God lives on forever. Holy Spirit, we invite you. May you speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. New beginnings in worship. New beginnings in worship. I was having a conversation the other day, probably two weeks ago, with a couple of friends and uh, talking about, in fact, it was kind of like a, a, uh, one of those internet uh, programs where they're interviewing you and asking you about your views about different things. And so they were asking me, actually, or rather in that conversation, we started talking about the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic. And, and one, one, one pastor was basically saying, listen, this pandemic is because we've walked away from God. We've walked away from God, and that's why there is this pandemic here, right? And I remember that that's usually the answer that people give when there's a calamity. When Rome was at the point of its fall, when the Norsemen, the Northmen had come from the north and had surrounded Rome, the, the, the thing was, you, we have forsaken the gods of our fathers, and so the judgment is coming upon us. And so every time there is a calamity in many societies, they usually say, it's because we have forgotten the true worship of our fathers, and so that's why these calamities, these things are happening to us. Why is COVID-19 upon us? Well, because the world has forgotten true worship. And so it begs the question, so what is true worship? What is true worship? What is true worship? And I think this passage reminds us that true worship from a biblical perspective, is celebratory praise and humble worship that is characterized by intentional obedience. That's a mouthful. Let me say that again. True worship is celebratory praise and humble worship that is characterized by intentional obedience. Number one, watch. True worship is celebratory praise. Verse number one, Psalm 95, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Now, you know the Psalms are, 
us speaking to God, right? In the rest of the Bible, it's God speaking to us. But in the Psalms, it is human beings speaking to God because the Psalms are the prayers of the saints. And so probably this was a prayer on a high day in Israel when there was a festival or something. And so there's a calling to the congregation, come, 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 let us sing to the Lord. Lord, capital L-O-R-D, that is the covenant name of God, that is Jehovah God. The name by which God revealed himself to Moses and told Moses that this is my name, I am who I am. And therefore the covenant name of God or the name for the people of God that he has gotten into covenant with. For those of us that are in the new covenant, we understand that is the name of Jesus because there is no other name by which man shall be saved. Amen. Amen. So he says, oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. So I want you to watch that at this, on this day, this high day in the temple, there was singing to the Lord says, let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us make a joyful noise. Noise. Noise is, you, you can't make up what, what sense there is in the noise, right? Noise is almost nonsense, right? But this is a joyful noise. Hallelujah. I don't know. I grew up in a church where you had to have the hymn. That you didn't have worship without the hymn. And, and without the hymn, there's no worship. Come on. No, 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 no. Here is a place where it's being said that you can make a joyful noise. That you can be loud in the house of God. That you can speak nonsense joyfully before God. Because you're celebrating God. Amen. I don't know. This sounds so African for me. I love this. I love this. This is decolon decolonization. He says, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Watch, when we come before him, when we gather like this, we're coming into his presence. See, a lot of people think they're coming to a building. Oh, I'm going to church. No, you don't go to church. You are the church if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. And we're coming before the presence of God. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ. He says, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. When we gather like this, we're coming into his presence. God is right here. See, you're a fool if you think that, oh, you know, there are only a few people in church. And so it wasn't really powerful. And then when, there's, when this place is all filled up, then you feel like, wow, it was powerful. You are missing the point. It's not the people, it's God. We're coming before his presence. Amen. We're coming before his presence. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. How do you come into his presence? There is ah, protocol to come before him. Amen. You know, when you go to the prison, there's a protocol, right? I mean, you just don't strut into his office with hands in your pockets and say, hey, what's up, Dr. Laz? Uh -uh, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. There's a protocol. No matter how well you know him, there is a protocol. The protocol of coming before God. You come with thanksgiving. Yes. Amen. Now some people right there is where they fail because they're always thanking God because of what God has done for them. They don't understand that God is worthy of being thanked just because he's God. God doesn't have to do anything to be worthy of our praises. Hallelujah. God is God all by himself. He doesn't need you to worship him. Oh, you hear some worship leaders say, oh, you know, you, you, you need to raise up your hands. You need to worship God right now. God needs your worship. God doesn't need anything. If you just say God, you're talking about a self-existent human being. Or I shouldn't say human being, a self-existent being. 
A being who doesn't need nothing. Amen. Amen. So he says, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Some of us can sing. Some of us can keep a, a note. Have, have you ever been around those people? You're singing and then, oh, but it's like, no, 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 no. You're butchering that song. It doesn't matter. He says, come with your joyful noise. Amen. Come with your joyful noise. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Amen. Songs that praise him. Songs that extol him. Songs that speak of, speak of his greatness. That's what this is about. And he starts saying, why? Verse number three, for the Lord is a great God. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. No, he's not saying there are no other gods. There are other gods. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. There are other gods. Or at least those that are masquerading as gods. Demons masquerading as gods. Those that in our fallen state we have gone to and have said, but this is a God. Well, we, we have those, isn't it? Oh, we pray to the ancestors, isn't it? Oh, we pray to, 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 to Mbona, hey, uh, Chaminuka, the Mondoros, the, the, uh, I don't know, all those things that we go to. And those things we think they're gods, they're not gods. This God of ours, this Jehovah, is a great God, a king above all gods. Please, don't be mistaken to think that because there's only one God, then it means that the other so-called gods have no power. They have power. They have demonic power. <laughs> they have power. They have power. But here, we're talking about praising Him just because He is who He is. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In, the, in His hand are the depths of the earth. Now, in the ancient Near East, their understanding was they under the earth the depths of the earth, things like the abyss, uh, the, those places would, would have mythical beings like Leviathan, dragon-like creature down there. And so here it's saying, look, don't worry about what's under the, under the earth because this God is a great God. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. And if you remember in the, children, in the story of the, of the Old Testament, you have the children of Israel at times forsaking their God and going to other gods. One of those gods is Moloch. Moloch would be the one that you would sacrifice your son to if you wanted some victory in battle or some, some business whatever deal to come through. That's who you, 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 you worship. You sacrifice your son and you, he would be understood as a, a God that would be under the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains would be the Baals. Baal was a prosperity God. So if you worship Baal, he was going to bring fertility. There's going to be rain. There's going to be prosperity. There are going to be all these things. Amen. Amen. And the psalmist here is saying, listen, this God, this Lord, this Jehovah God, he is greater than those gods. He's greater than those gods. He can get you. He can make your business even better than those gods. Hallelujah. No, it doesn't mean that you come to him because you want your business to get better. No, you come to him because he's God. Seek ye first the kingdom of, of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto you. 
Oh, he's a great God above all the gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. So even in the sea, even the gods of the seas, you know the gods of the seas. Ever heard of Mamawata? <laughs> Mamawata, West Africa. In there, the mermaids, the gods there. And you know there are gods in the rivers, eh? You know there are river spirits, right? Oh, you hear stories like, oh, there was this girl that picked up something that she found by the riverbank, and that place was understood as a place where there would be spirits and stuff like that. But she picked up this, this very nice ring and brought it home, and people said, look, you need to go put it back right there. And then it ended up that she passed on that ring to somebody else. And then somebody else at school. And then when st things were not working like they should, you know, calamity started happening, somebody went to uh, some witch doctor. And they said, listen, you need to return that ring back to where you, you, you picked it up. But by that time, it was too late. The girl that had taken it had disappeared. Probably wasn't really a girl, <laughs> the second girl that she had given it to. And then this girl ended up dying. Unexplainable. <laughs> Unexplainable. Unexplainable stuff like that. But here's what this scripture is saying. God is above all that. God can give you protection from all that. Amen. You see, there comes times that we get scared, especially here in Africa. We start getting scared that, you know, they're going to bewitch me. They'll do such, such things. Listen, this God is a great God. He's a great God above all the earth. The sea is in his hand. He made it and his hand formed the dry land. So think of the dry land, think of the sea. Everything was made by this God. Hallelujah. Oh, he's worthy to be praised. And so he's saying, the psalmist is saying, he's saying, look, come here and let us worship him. Let us shout. Let us make a joyful noise. Why? Because he's a great God. You're talking about new beginnings in worship. See, some of us, we're, we're just too, too fleshly. Even when we come to church, we see other people. Other people are more real to us than God. And we think we've come before other people. That's why we, sometimes we don't come to church because I don't have the right clothes. God is not looking for your clothes. And please don't, don't, don't make us to be your destruction. Don't make, us, don't make our false standards to be your destruction. Those are false standards. You come here and you worship God for what he has done for you. I don't know how many people in this place can say this is a great God. And he's worthy to be praised. And he's worthy to make a joyful noise too. Are, are there people that can make a joyful noise? Okay, I, I want you to stand up. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Let, let's make a joyful noise to the Lord. 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 He's worthy. He's worthy. Worthy to be praised. Worthy to be exalted. There is no God like him. Oh, lift up your voice this morning. Lift up your voice this morning. Lift up your voice this morning. Make a joyful noise. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, you may be seated. Hey, some of these demons are hard to get out, eh? Still ashamed, still scared of people. Don't be scared of people. Listen, fear is what stops people from moving into their destiny. 
Oh, what will they think if I do this? What will they think if I say that? Let them think what they think. They'll think anything anyway. What is true worship? Celebratory praise. May this year, when you come into church, when you come to worship, may there be a spirit of joy inside you. May there be something that says, I'm, I'm just celebrating God. I don't care about these people. I don't care what they think about me. I'm just going to praise God. Amen. And I want you to watch number two. There's also true worship is humble worship before God. Look at verse number six and verse number seven there. Here's what it says, verse number six. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us worship and bow down. Now, already the word for worship has in it the idea of kneeling before him. So come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Now, worship also has a posture. The posture is a posture of humility. It's a posture of somebody that has come before God. You know, between the creature and the creator, there is this, this eternal chasm. See, the, the creator has always existed. In fact, there is no creation or there is no existence outside of the creator. There is no place, no time at which the creator has not existed. Are we together? The creator is in eternity. The creator is not even in time. I mean, time is within the creator. Hey, are we together? Time itself is within God. So God is in time and outside of time. God doesn't know the future, no. He's in the future, he's in the present, he's in the, he's in the past. All of time is as one before him. Eternity. Do you think you can sit down with such a being and have a conversation? Do you think you can tell God something he doesn't know? No. But watch. He has chosen to have a relationship with us. This eternal being, this all-knowing being, this almighty being, this all-loving being has chosen to have a relationship with you and me. That ought to humble us. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. How is he the maker of Israel? Well, he's the one that called Israel. He's the one that called their father Abraham. He's the one that promised him that he's going to have so many descendants. He'll make a great nation out of him and he's going to make him a blessing to all the nations. And it was with Moses as they were coming out of their captivity in Egypt that God in Exodus chapter number 19 says, listen, I'm making covenant with you and you're going to me to be to me a kingdom of priests. So for Israel to be a nation, for Israel to grow from just being a family, to grow from just being Abraham and his wife, to coming to a nation, it is God. He's the one that made them. Hallelujah. Do you know in the Bible, there are lessons in nation building. Yeah, the lessons in nation building. The way that God built Israel. Hallelujah. And so he says, for he is our God. 
and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. In other words, he's the one that guides us. He's the one that guides us. We don't guide ourselves. We, we, we don't move according to our whims, the things that we think we should do. No, we go according to the destiny that he has for us. And so for Israel, the destiny is, I have destined you to be the people from whom the Messiah is going to come from. I have destined you into my salvation. So you and I miss it when we think that we are here for our own purposes, our own desires. We miss it when we think that our dreams are the things that determine our destiny. The place to start from is with God and the purpose of God in your life. The, per the place to start from is with God and saying, God, what is it that you want me to do with the giftings, the talents that you have given me? What am I supposed to be doing? For he is our God, and we're the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. It says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up. You know, Pastor, I, I don't think that I should be kneeling in church because people start thinking that I'm, I'm really acting holier than thou. And so I, I really don't want to be a show-off with my worship. Then why are you a show-off for Liverpool? Why are you a show for Man United? Oh, sorry to those of you. Why are you sorry show or show a show off for Arsenal? Why? 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 Why are you a show for all those different things? And then, when you when it comes to God, who you say you serve, who saved you, then you become somebody that is ashamed. What will people think about you? You don't care what people think about you when Liverpool has won. Have you seen grown men painting their bellies, big, big bellies, not six-pack barrel, painting colors of Liverpool and stuff like that? And, and they're okay with it because they've won the championship. Hasn't Jesus won more than the championship? And yet we come and we're ashamed. Or is it our, 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 our exalting ourselves? Because we think I'm not going to debase myself like that. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm still going to be cool like that. I want them to know that, hey, this is me. I mean, I'm dressed up today. I'm smelling good, looking good. I look like I'm going places and meeting people. And so I'm not going to do that stuff of kneeling down and, you know, closing my eyes, lifting up my hands. And then all these people start wondering, why well, is this person crazy? Are there any crazy people in this church today? Are there crazy people? Just one hand at the back, crazy people. Crazy people who are not ashamed. Not ashamed to be humble before God? Let's see you be humble before God. Let's kneel. Amen. Let's kneel and praise Him. Let's kneel and worship Him. 
Oh, come, let us worship and bow down and let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Father, we magnify Him. Just lift up His name. You're worthy to be praised, worthy to be exalted, Father. There is no one like You. No one compares with You. You're from everlasting to everlasting. You are our Maker, Almighty God. We exist because of You, Almighty One. We glorify Your name. Yes, we humble ourselves before You because You're the God who exalts, Almighty God. Be exalted. Be uplifted, Almighty God. There is none who's like us to you oh father we thank you we exalt your name and we even pray even right now almighty god that lord may you bring down pride in the name of jesus christ may you bring down the spirit of pride in the name of jesus christ and may you bring your humility may you bring your exaltation almighty god you are worthy to be praised worthy mighty god worthy to be exalted worthy to be uplifted there is none like you no one compares with you almighty god you are worthy to be praised you are worthy to be exalted you are worthy to be uplifted there is no other God there is no other Savior no one compares with you Almighty God be glorified be magnified be exalted be uplifted you are worthy you are worthy you are worthy you are worthy to be praised father you are worthy to be praised Lord Jesus you are worthy to be praised Holy Spirit we give you the praise we give you the glory we give you the honor Almighty God be magnified be magnified we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Here's my prayer. May this not just happen here. May from today be this be the way that you worship yourself, with a humble heart. With a heart that says, I'm submissive to you. With a heart that says, I've come before you, and you're the greatest being in the universe, and, and I've come to just worship you. What is true worship? True worship is celebratory praise. True worship is humble worship. And thirdly, true worship is intentional obedience. It's a commitment to obey God. Listen, worship is not just acts of worship. Worship is a lifestyle of worship. So watch what he says in verse number 7 there at the end of it. It says, today if you hear his voice, today if you hear his voice. Now, wait a minute. This is a high day, festival day in the temple. So is God going to speak in there? You know, in that temple they were, there was teaching. They'll read from the Torah or they'll read from the Old Testament. You know, the understanding is that the Old Testament, the words of God, or, or the, 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 the Old Testament, the Bible, is really the Word of God. And so when it is read out, to say, okay, this is what God expects of you. That is God speaking. Hallelujah. See, God still speaks today. How does He speak? He speaks through His Word. And to the extent that we who preach the word are faithful to what has been written in the word, to the very same extent we are speaking the word of God. That's why here we put a very high premium on exposition of the scriptures because the scriptures are the word of God. And so in the temple there will be the place where the priest would, would, would give instruction. So today, if you hear his voice. But then I also want you to watch because you see these priests were also prophetic. Hallelujah. And so God would speak a present word for those people. Watch this now. There is difference, a difference between prophecy 
that is canonical or the standard, which is the Word of God, and prophecy that is speaking about our situation today. Hallelujah. So God has a word for your situation today, but that word is based on this word. Are we together? So the prophetic word spoken today is a prophetic word that lines up with what God has said in his word. Amen. And so there would also be the place in that temple where there would be even the speaking of the prophetic or the speaking of God's present word for those people at that point in time. So our understanding of the prophetic word today is God's word for people for today, but it lines up with the scriptures. The scriptures are God's word for all of God's people for all times. Amen. And that's why they're in here. There's some words that were not for all of God's people for all times, so they are not in the Bible. Haggai has four prophecies, right? And he's called a prophet. You preach four times, you're called a preacher? Come on. No. You prophesy four times and you're a prophet? No. That guy was a prophet. But the prophecies that he had or he was given that were for the whole church for all times were the four that we have in the Bible. But there were other prophecies. There are other things that he said. Nathan was a prophet, isn't it? Do we have the book of Nathan? No. Does that mean he wasn't a prophet? It doesn't mean that. It's just that he was not entrusted with words that were for all of God's people for all times and so that they should be part of Scripture. Amen. Amen. Please, I'm saying that because some of us don't get it. We think, oh, you know, it means that prophecies have ceased and so, so prophecies, there's no prophecy anymore. No. Even in the book of Revelation, there is prophecy. Watch this. So he says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness. So in as much as you're praising him, in as much as you're worshiping him, in as much as you've celebrated him, in as much as you've humbled yourself before him, here's, what, here's the next step you need to do. You need to go on to obedience. Why? Because worship is not merely an act. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is not about the event today. Worship is what this means for tomorrow and the day after. Church is not about Sunday. Church is about every other day. Today you just come to get filled up so that you can go back and do what God has called you to do. So he says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness. What, what happened in Exodus chapter number 17? The children of Israel, they come to a place called Rephidim. Now remember, they're in the desert. They're in the desert and they thirst there. They thirst. Oh, they've come at a, a point that they, they start complaining against God, just like you complain against God. Somebody lied to you that when you become a Christian, then everything is going to start working out for you. God is just going to, to take you to all the right places. Uh-uh, uh-uh. God will take you to Rephidim too. God will take you to a place where you, 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 you come at a point where you lose your faith. Amen. Amen. Have you ever lost your faith? Have you ever come at a point you've said, but God, <laughs> no, this is too much. I've stopped doing your, your, your God stuff. No church for me, no whatever. I forgot those things I don't want to do anymore because you've disappointed me. Ever been disappointed by God? <sighs> Hallelujah. So that's where they got to. They got disappointed by God and they rebelled against God. That's where Moses struck water or struck a rock and water came out of the rock. And they call that place Massa, Meribah, Quarrel, Rebellion. 
That's what they call that place. He says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Why? Because it is possible that you can hear his voice and you can still harden your heart. Because of the things that you're going through, you can harden your heart. Your business isn't working, you can harden your heart. Your relationship isn't working, you can harden your heart. Nothing in your life is working. You can harden your heart. He says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. It's not about what you're going through. Tell your neighbor what you're going through. It's about who you are going through it with. That's what it's about. It's about who are you going it through with. Are you going through it alone? Oh, you're in big trouble. Are you going through it with your friends? Oh, you're in trouble. All of you are in trouble. Are you going through it with God? You're okay. No, but I'm not making money anymore. You're okay. Oh, but things are not working. I'm sick. You're okay. As long as you're with him, you are okay. Watch what he says. He says, when your father has put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. Now, these people, when they come to Rephidim, they have crossed the Red Sea. Pharaoh's paratroopers, Pharaoh's SEAL Team 6, I don't know what they were called, but his elite guard had kind of like cornered them between the Red Sea and themselves. And Israel had nowhere to go. And that's when God tells Moses, strike the Red Sea. I'm going to make a path for you. And Israel passed through there. And when the Egyptians, seeing that the Israelites had passed through there, they also presumptively, presumptuously said that we too are going to cross. Please watch out with presumption. Eh? Presumption is when you're doing it because you saw God do it for somebody. That's presumption. Faith is when you hear God say you should do it and so you do it. And so these ones presumptuously, they started following thinking that the, the, the Red Sea would still part for them. Uh-uh. As they were crossing, they were all swallowed up by the waters. God gave these people a powerful victory. They had seen his work. Because where else have you ever heard or have you ever seen God do such a thing? But he did it for them. But when they come to Rephidim, just a little thirst, just a little water, that's when they're ready to say, no, we're not going to follow you. We're better off back there. Today, when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the wilderness, as at Meribah, as at Massa. When you're going through the trouble that you're going through today, do not harden your heart. When things are not working out the way that you want them to, to work out today, do not harden your heart. Do not do that. Do not do that. Do not do that. So he says in, in, in verse number 9 again, When your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work, you have seen his work. You have seen his work. You're not the same person that you used to be. You're not. He has saved you. The things that are happening in life, the greatest miracle is your salvation, that you would move from the pit of darkness and come into his marvelous light, that you'd actually feel and sense the Holy Spirit in your life. That is a miracle. Don't look down on that because of a little trouble that has come your way. Don't look down on that because of a little money that you don't have. Don't look down on that just because somebody has better things than you. Don't look down on that. 
says, for 40 years, verse number 10, I loathe that generation and say there are people who go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. See, here we're coming to Numbers chapter number 14 when Israel, when Moses sends 12 spies to spy out the promised land. Two spies come back and they say, wow, this is a powerful place. We can take this land. I mean, it's, it's a great place. Ten spies come back and they say, no, 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 no. There are giants in that land. We're like grasshoppers. We're like grasshoppers in their eyes. We're this small. Moses, we can't go in and take that land. And then all the people of Israel are now discouraged because of this report of, of a lack of faith, of fear. And so they don't go in there when God has said, now this is the time for you to go in in there. And they said, no, 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 we're not going to go in there. And God says, Moses, let me, let me wipe out all these people. I'm going to start afresh with you. And Moses has to intercede before God and say, Lord, please, 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 please. And God says, listen, I'm not happy with these people. So these people, they shall wander in the desert and die off in the desert because they never had faith. But their children are the ones that are going to take the promised land. I don't know if you're catching it. Worship is about obedience. Obedience at this heart is faith. When there is no faith, there can never be obedience. When there is fear, there can never be obedience. In fact, faith, no fear, I mean, no faith is actually fear. So you're scared. God has promised, God has said, this is what I'm going to do for you. But because you're thinking of, how am I going to do that? I can't do that. I don't, I don't have the resources to do anything like that. Then you fear and you disbelieve God and don't walk in the obedience of going to take over that land. When God has given you something, does it mean that he's just going to bring it to you automatically? No. When God has given you somebody that you're going to get married to, young man, does it mean that you should just sit there and wait for the woman to come to you? Some of you young men think so. That's why you're not answering anything. This married man says no. He knows better. No, there's a part that you play. So children of Israel, I've given you land, but you must take that land. I've given you the capacity to take it. That's what God does for you, my friend. God gives you the capacity to do it. God does not do it for you. I'll tell your neighbor, God doesn't do it for you. God gives you the capacity to do it. In fact, God gives you the faith. Amen. God gives you the faith to have the capacity to do it. Let me say that again. God gives you the faith to have the capacity to do it. But also, you have a part to play. Because you must believe that God has said he's going to give me this. And so I must move into that which God has said he's going to give me. But these people, they feared. Fear is faith in, other, in something other than God. Fear is idolatry, actually. Because with fear, you're having faith that that thing is not going to work out. In fact, you're disbelieving what God has said that it's going to work out. And so you have more faith in your fear, more faith in that false God than you do in God. And so you will never enter there. Watch what it says. For 40 years I lost that generation and said there are people who go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. Maybe they know my name. Hallelujah. 
Maybe they know my name. Maybe they know Jehovah. Maybe they know Jesus, but they don't know my ways. They don't know how I work. Amen. You see, you and I need to come at a place that we understand his ways, how he does stuff. If you don't understand his ways, if you don't know his ways, you'll never move into the destiny that God has for you. Therefore, I swore in my wrath, they shall never enter my rest. So I swore, I swore. Can you imagine God swearing? I mean, his word is good enough when he just says it, right? But then he comes at a point of swearing. I swear you're not going to enter my rest. I swear, I swear. Why? Because you have no faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because everybody that comes to him must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Without faith, nothing happens. Oh, I tell you, when, you thought, when we're talking about worship, we're talking about a bit obedience that comes from a life of faith. Where you believe. Do you believe that God wants to bless your business? Do you believe God wants to bless the work of your hands? Do you believe God has put you in that place of influence? Hallelujah. Please wake up. Wake up. Wake up. It's not money. It's not just money. It's influence. There's some influence you can never have until you have money. There are some things you can never do until you have money. There are some things you can never be able to, to, to bring about until you're in a certain position. So God wants you to take you to that place where you can bring about his influence. So the issue is not about the money. The issue is not about whatever it is that you're praying for. The issue is the influence of God coming from you being in that position. And so God is very serious about it. Sometimes because we're thinking, oh, it's just me. It's just my ambition. If you put that ambition into the hands of God and you come at a point of understanding this is what God wants me to do, oh, there'll be a holy fire inside you. There will be a holy fire inside you, a holy ambition inside you that says, let me get to that place where I can make a change. Oh, I tell you, Malawi needs a change. Eh? Africa needs change. Africa needs some people of, of goodwill, some people of God that can get to places of influence so that they can bring about the purposes of God and they can bring about good in the earth. It says, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Hmm. Author of Hebrews cites this in Hebrews chapter number third, chapter number three. Talking about people that have swayed from faith because the author, the author of Hebrews is writing to people that have gone back to the worship of God the Old Testament way and have forgotten the worship of God in terms of Jesus the New Testament way. And so he's showing them that Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than Joshua. Jesus is greater than the, the, the angels. Jesus is of the order of Melchizedek. His high priesthood is better than the priesthood of the Old Testament temple. And so he quotes the things that the psalmist is talking about. Verse number 7 of Hebrews chapter number 3. Today, in fact, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter 
my rest. He's quoting Psalm 95. Verse number 12, take care, brothers, lest there be any, any of you an evil and believing heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebe rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who were disobedient. So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. They did not obey because they never believed. I pray may this year be the year that you make the connection between your worship and your work. Hallelujah. May, may this year be the year you make that connection that when I worship, I'm coming before the presence of God, the favor of God comes upon me, the power of God comes upon me, that empowers me so that I can do the things that God has called me to do. May, may, may your, your, your happenings on, on Sunday, may your happenings in terms of your faith, may, they, may you see them working themselves out, even in your vocation, even in your work. Oh, because these two things, my friend, are very much connected. They are very much connected. The hand of God will come to you, will come on you in the things that you do in so far as you seek God. God wants, wants that business, wants you when you're operating that business to be operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what happens in the Bible, isn't it? With Joseph, God gives him revelation about their work. Isn't it? The dreams that they have are dreams that change the course of nations, change the course of their careers, isn't it? And so there's a connection between their worship and their work. May you catch that. Tell your neighbor, may you catch that. May you catch that connection. The older saints used to say, to work is to worship. And the idea there is when you understand work or when you understand worship as something that encompasses the totality of your life, then even your work is your worship. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do it as unto God and not as unto man. Whatever work you do, you do it as unto God. Whatever work you do, you do it as worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You do it as worship. When you go back to work tomorrow, you work as you're working unto God. When you go back to your business tomorrow, you do your business as you're doing as it as unto God. You work hard. Hallelujah. You work hard. You work really hard and you pray really hard. And then you start seeing God promoting you. That's the way this thing works. True worship starts with that celebratory praise, with that humble worship. And at its heart is obedience, intentional obedience in every area of our lives. Not just Sunday, every area 
of our lives, we become intentional in our obedience. Thank you for listening to the Kairos Lolongwe podcast. I trust you've been blessed. Please do us a favor and share this podcast with friends on Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, and whatever social media you're on. May the Lord break you through into your kingdom destiny. Blessings.